Hi, everyone. You're listening to Infectious Ideas, a podcast series presented by the National Foundation for Infectious Diseases, the NFID, where leading experts join us for thought-provoking conversations that lead to infectious ideas. Guests include humble heroes and future leaders working together towards a shared vision of healthier lives through effective prevention and treatment. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the NFID podcast. This is Marla Dalton, NFID Executive Director and CEO, and with me today is my co-host, NFID Medical Director, Dr. Bill Schaffner. Today's guest is a renowned expert on pediatric infectious diseases, Dr. Patricia Whitley-Williams. She is Professor of Pediatrics, Chief of the Division of Pediatric Allergy, Immunology, and Infectious Diseases, and Associate Dean of Inclusion and Diversity at Rutgers Robert Wood Johnson Medical School. She is also the immediate past president of NFID. So, Pat, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you are so welcome, and I'm just so excited to be part of this podcast. Great. So to get us started, Pat, can you share what first inspired you to specialize in infectious diseases? Was this always a focus for you or an interest that grew over time? It has been a focus of mine uh, since college. I loved my microbiology course. I was inspired by my professor, Dr. Ann Coughlin, and her love for the field. And then it really just grew over time. And I loved micro and pathology and medical school. And I think I was just fascinated with how organisms that could not be seen with the naked eye could cause such serious illness in a human being. So it's always been a love of mine as soon as I took that first micro course. Boy, that sounds familiar, Pat. Uh, That's similar to my story. Uh, Now, you and I have worked in the field of IED, infectious diseases, for a long time. (laughs) What are some of the most significant changes you've noted during that period of time? Absolutely. I was going to say, speak for yourself, Bill, but you're right. (laughs) I'm proud to to have been around long enough to, to have seen significant changes in infectious diseases. When I first went into training, pediatric infectious diseases was just becoming a specialty. But I have to say, one of the most profound and significant changes was the development of the H-flu-B vaccination. And what we saw was really a disappearance of haemophilus influenza type B meningitis and invasive disease. I think the second was obviously HIV and how rapidly diagnostics, uh, treatment, and multiple um, modes of therapy were developed in a fairly short period of time uh, so that we are looking at HIV AIDS as a a chronic illness. Well, certainly uh, HIV AIDS was a profound influence and impact on my life. Uh, And then of course, I didn't think I would ever see anything like that again, and along came COVID. But I'd like to go back to the first thing you said, namely, uh, you mentioned haemophilus influenzae. I'll bet most of our lay audience doesn't know anything. That was a bacterial uh, organism that caused uh, 
back serious infection in children. And as I recall the numbers back in the bad old days, one in every 200 children developed serious illness in their bloodstream or meningitis with what we used to abbreviate H-flu. And when a pediatrician got called in the middle of the night by a mother whose uh, child under five years of age had a temperature of 103, I think hemophilus influenzae popped right into their head as a possibility. Today, I say the residents read about this disease. It's been eliminated. Oh, maybe they don't, <laughs> Pat, even read about it because it's gone through vaccination, right? Maybe they don't, Bill, uh, but it is obviously one of the greatest public health stories to be told, certainly. Exactly. It doesn't get enough attention. Absolutely. So I'm going to I'm going to move us to today where unfortunately it does get enough attention is the COVID pandemic, which has really shed even greater light on the persistent health disparities that continue to result in poor outcomes among communities of color. So, Pat, from your perspective, what's the most important thing we can really do to address these disparities? Oh, that's uh, such an important question, uh, Marla. It was devastating uh, to see the disparity and the toll that the COVID-19 pandemic took on communities of color really across the world. Um, I think the most important uh, thing is to engage communities of color, engage persons that live in the community, make them part of the healthcare team as partners um, in addressing and solving this problem of disparities. Sometimes the best solutions come out of the community them, themselves. So I think that's so important. Um, and obviously education is extremely important, trying to address those myths that continue to surface uh, uh, in communities of color. Uh, but the most important thing is to engage the community and also to teach our providers and, our, and to train our future physicians about these disparities and what's the best way to address them and to engage them as well. Because we should not put it just on our patients, but it takes the whole team and we as providers and the healthcare team have just as much responsibility in addressing these disparities. I couldn't agree more, Pat. I think, you know, if ever there were a time where it takes a village applied, it's certainly here. Absolutely. So extending this thought to the entire population, there's still uh, a lot of vaccine hesitancy out there. And, you know, we've both been interested in that issue, uh, Pat. Uh, what yes. do you wish more people would understand about vaccines to help overcome this hesitancy? Certainly, well, I, I wish people would understand that vaccines are safe. I think that's the most important thing. Um, vaccines are safe and that millions have received uh, vaccinations that have protected them. Uh, the World Health Organization has stated that 10 million deaths were prevented over a five-year period between 2010 and 2015 due to vaccinations. This is remarkable, 10 million deaths. And that's just over five years. We talked about, we don't see 
uh, bacterial meningitis due to Haemophilus influenza type B. And I did not uh, intend to forget to mention the conjugate pneumococcal vaccines that also have prevented many cases of invasive pneumococcal disease, including meningitis. Uh, and, and in fact, we saw uh, an indirect effect in that fewer adults were getting invasive disease due to the pneumococcus, which is a bacteria that causes serious uh, illness, including meningitis. You know, uh, you've broadened this discussion beyond COVID, which remains very, very important, to other vaccine-preventable diseases. And now there's quite a list. They continue to need our attention. What do you see as the biggest challenges for public health today to help extend the benefit of prevention to children and adults? Certainly, Bill, I think that uh, what the COVID pandemic um, and the uptake of the COVID-19 vaccines uh, showed us in public health, that there are many people who are hesitant to take the vaccine. So I think one of the biggest challenges uh, certainly is for us to keep the vaccination program up and going to make sure that the uh, coverage rates for not only children, but also adults in terms of influenza and measles and all the other immunizations, um, not just COVID-19 vaccines, but our routinely recommended vaccinations for adults and children, that those rates be kept up. What we saw, unfortunately, during the COVID pandemic is a drop in, in adults and children receiving their routine immunizations. So this is my uh, concern. And obviously, if we don't keep those rates up, we know what happens. We have outbreaks of uh, measles, uh, outbreaks of uh, you know influenza, our influenza hospitalization and death rates go up. So that is my um, that is my greatest concern. So, so, Pat, I think, you know, the list is long, unfortunately, but as a layperson, I'm really interested in what most keeps you awake at night these days that people will become more distrustful of vaccines and stop getting vaccinated. And I realize that the most vulnerable suffer. That's really what keeps me up. And every, almost every day I think about it and how can we really address and, and convince people, not convince people, but make them understand that vaccines truly um, are the best protection uh, and that um, it's been shown, we just have not been able to tell the full story. You know, when was the last time you saw a case of diphtheria? And ask yourself, when was the last time you saw a case of polio? Um, and, and if we look at the over 1 million deaths due to COVID-19, um, that number would certainly be much higher, maybe two or three times higher with the, without the introduction of the COVID-19 vaccines. Um, so that's what keeps me up at night. Yeah, I think clearly, you know, an ounce of prevention is definitely worth a pound or more of cure. Um, before we sign off, Pat, I'm, I'm going to ask you um, if, if there is the biggest myth that you'd most like to bust. 
The biggest one <laughs> uh, is, uh, there are plenty, but I think the biggest one is when people tell me I'm not getting vaccinated because the vaccine will make me sick. Um, I've had experiences in the hospital of taking care of uh, sick children uh, due to COVID-19 infection and related complications. And in spite of those children uh, being in the intensive care unit on in ventilators, um, when I then ask the parents, are you going to get vaccinated? Um, and they respond, no, because the vaccine will make me sick. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that's the biggest myth uh, that I deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. And I want the lay people to understand and, and uh, healthcare professionals that Yes, vaccines may have some mild side effects. Your arm might get sore. You may have some fever. You may not feel very well. But you know what? Those symptoms are far uh, uh, milder uh, than you would experience symptoms from actually having COVID-19. So um, that is the biggest myth that I would like to bust. Matt, that's great. I'm glad you said that. Uh, we've been talking today with Dr. Patricia Whitley-Williams, NFID immediate past president and nationally known expert on pediatric infectious diseases. Pat, I think we're all agreed that we have to restore trust with our patients and with the science that produces vaccines. Vaccines prevent illness. They can eliminate illnesses entirely from our population and their triumphs in the past have been great, and science is going to provide even more vaccines to prevent even more diseases as this century goes on. Thank you so much for participating today. My pleasure. Delighted. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks again. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Infectious Ideas. You can follow, like, share, and download episodes on all streaming platforms, as well as find us at nfid.org with links to our social channels. We love hearing from listeners, so send us your questions, your comments, your concerns that may be infecting your mind. We look forward to hearing from you.